I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, the Rams are back from their bye, and so is Rams All Access. DeMarco Farr, Maurice Jones-Drew, J.B. Long. We get into NFC West play as the Seahawks arrive at SoFi Stadium for the first of two meetings. How are you, gentlemen? How was your bye week? Good. Restful. You? What was the best thing you did? Sleep. <laughs> Nonstop. Yeah, there's yeah. no bye week in football season for me, so we're just, <laughs> we just kept going. We just keep pushing along. That's the uh, thing that goes away when you're a broadcaster instead of a player? You don't, you don't get the open weekend anymore. You got all seventeen. Yeah, you, you weeks? get. You, there's no once football starts, it, it doesn't oh, stop yeah. until you know January so or February. So it is. It is what it is. But um, you know, I, I got a chance to really dive in a little bit more, watching some games live, kind of see what the NFC West is doing. It, it was nice to see that. Well, it was a heck of a bye week in terms of the results for the Rams when you see San Francisco get throttled on Thursday night, and then Arizona and Seattle both lose Sunday. You know, on the one hand, it it made the loss in Miami sting that much more because it was such an opportunity mm-hmm. loss. You could be in a catbird seat right now if you had taken care of business. But on the other hand, it's almost a free pass. It, it kind of brings you back to level. And so as you had those extra days to survey this second half and the Rams' chances, what did you find yourself thinking? Are you more or less optimistic than when we walked out of here in week eight? I, I, like if, if, there, if it's a rating from 1 to 100, I'm like at 120. How come? I'm ecstatic. Wow. And, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I believe that the Rams, this is where – their their matchups work in their favor down the stretch. Um, Niners are banged up, so you don't have to worry about Kittle. Garoppolo probably out for the year. That's a you know you'll one and one with them. But the way the the Rams match up with the Seattle Seahawks, the way they play against them, the way that they can go out offensively and have some of those big games, and then defensively you know get after Russell Wilson and be and have guys that can match up with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That is huge to me. That is that is like. Okay, you have a chance that you could possibly sweep them if you play well, right? That's what I. That's how I think. And and when you're looking at the way, you know, in the past it was just Seattle's defense was so it's like, oh my god, like how are you going to move the ball? No, it's not like that anymore, right? They're historically bad uh, in the passing game. And then the Cardinals, I still don't like. They haven't seen a defense like the Rams where you can get interior pressure, and then you have guys on the outside that can get to you. And yes, I know Kyler Murray is having a fantastic season. But again, when you look at the matchup part of it, defensively, no Chandler Jones. So where's the pass rush coming from? You have to blitz in that situation. And if you and they have a, a nice zero blitz package, which I hope Sean McVay and, and Jared Goff uh, have learned how to handle. And if they've learned how to handle, that becomes a problem for Arizona. You have Jalen Ramsey who can match on, on DeAndre Hopkins, and all of a sudden now it's just kind of, hey, we're just going to go out there and play. And so for me, it, I just feel like – if the Rams can just get on track offensively and, and start to, to move the ball and, and put the uh, points on the board, and I'm not saying 2018, I'm not saying that type of season, but just put points on the board, your defense is going to be able to handle some of these offenses you're playing against. Well, uh, I, th- I think it can yeah. be 2018, though. I want to get DeMarco's take in just a second, but when I look at the data, their offense is way too good and too efficient to be putting up 24 points per game. This should be a 30-point-per-game right. offense, statistically, as it is, even without making improvements on their bye week. But they're turning it over. Yes. They're not kicking. 
and they're not finishing I mean, drives. And they're, and they're not making kicks. Yeah, yeah. And they're not finishing in the red zone. You get an uptick in efficiency in the red zone. You start punching a few more of those in. You knock through a few field goals. All of a sudden, you're putting up 27, 28 points per game. And for this defense, shouldn't that be enough? That's more than it enough. It should be enough for every defense in the National Football League, but it, but it hasn't been. And this is funny, man. I mean, what would be your red zone game plan for this football team? I mean, because th- this has been a problem about... since Sean McVay took over with red zone and, and trying to pierce the end zone when you get down close. So what would be your plan? Uh, I, I, I mean, for me, you have to you have run to run. It, you have to run. You yeah. have to have certain runs for it. I think uh, we've seen the the run play where you have the receiver lead the way. That's a good one. Uh, I think just downhill running, getting double teams and pushing guys off the ball and forcing those safeties to come up, and then your play-action pass should be able to help you pierce the end zone. Just dropping, yeah. come out and empty is not going to work. See, I, I'm a big giraffe ball guy when I get into the red zone. I mean, oh, this is when you start ball. using your bigs. Yeah. Absolutely. This is where Higby, this is where Everett, this is where guys that can you know, make the back pylon viable right. in, in, in this offense. This is where they come alive. So uh, I'd like to see a little bit more of that, and maybe y- you have to be. Maybe it's a lack of... A, a quarterback without mobility, so you don't have the time to get those guys open. But it is what it is. But the back end and worrying about Seattle, I do worry about DK Metcalf. I don't care who you have, including Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. This guy is on pace for what eighteen hundred yards. He's going to be an All Pro this year. It, he is, but I, I truly He's an believe. Issue. I truly believe that he hasn't. He went against Stephon Gilmore, and but without a pass rush. That's what see. That's what people feel realizing. You know this. If you can get pressure on Russell Wilson, all that deep ball stuff is out the window. Well, you we've seen him get pre- – I've seen Aaron chase this guy around for four straight quarters and nail him twice. You know what right. I mean? So this is the best in the business at buying time. With an animal or a receiver like that on the outside, that does give me pause. And if you do want to give help to DK Metcalf, and I wouldn't be surprised if you do – Who's going to cover Lockett? See, I thought, I'm not going to. We we. So this is my thing, and I and 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 Lockett's a good receiver. He's, he's a really right. good receiver. Yeah, we yeah. saw what he did against Arizona. I paid you a hundred million dollars to do one thing: to stop the other team's number one threat. Period. Point blank. We're not helping you. Well, look, I'm see, not here to help you. I'm, I'm with you. So go back to one of the best matchups I've ever seen between corner and receiver: Rice on Sanders or oh, Sanders on ph- Rice. Phenomenal. It's not like Dion shut him down. Right. No. Rice made plays. Dion made plays. Metcalf is going to make plays, and this is the top scoring Ramsey's offense in the plays. league. You're yeah, not, you're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna shut them Absolutely out. I don't not. I don't expect you to shut them out, but I need you to get me the ball. Give me still me a possession, right? And 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 to be honest with you, Jalen has the ability to shut him down. He did it last year, right? Is the good as I know DK is playing lights out right now because they they have this moon ball they're throwing and Russell's throwing up and guys, but Jalen locked him down to I want to say like well, either one or two catches. It was he, he had a big. Uh, catch where he caught on the sidelines and maybe another one like he shut him down and so for me and, and again I'm you know I'm I'm always going to be a Ram optimistic person and say yeah. like yeah 16 and all those things but I believe when you have the best player arguably in NFL history rushing the passer at his position and then one of the most athletic uh, physical corners in the game you have a chance to make that whole thing disappear yeah you have a what, chance to do it what was the game where Russell threw one over Weddle's head was that? that was at Marcus Peters. That was a Thursday night. No, it was one over Weddle. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Was, the, yeah, yeah. it was the Marcus Peters play. Remember when they were like yelling at each other? That's with Aaron. Line. So that's what I mean. I mean, this is a guy that's basically Houdini at quarterback. So 
buying time, escaping a pass rush, and he, it's not like he doesn't know Aaron's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at various times, you're going to have to cover for an extended period of time versus guys like that. That does give me pause. Now, it's not saying that Seattle's going to win, but that does give me pause in this offense. The best thing I think about this week is they're missing their running game. If Seattle yeah. had a balanced attack, this would be a problem. And no they're question. scoring points without a balanced attack. So no matter who you put in front of Russell Wilson, he can always find ways to make plays. I don't know what got into Brian Schottenheimer, but they're like a complete 180 from who they have been. They're, yeah. they're throwing more than any other team on first and second down, uh, which was the opposite of where they were a well, year ago. The Rams are running and the Seahawks are throwing. Yeah, well, 2020 is weird. Well, <laughs> well, that, but, uh, but also, like... When I look at look, look at what the Rams bring and and offensively what they bring, I, I think it, it's more of a challenge for Seattle. Seattle is their secondary is just not good right now. They're just not good. So that eleven personnel is going to fit and give them more mismatches and problems than it would. Gerald Everett is going to give them problems, right? You got to think about it. Who are you going to have him cover? KJ Wright. He, you're going to put him out there on like you'll take that matchup every day of the week. And so, are you going to bring one of those safety downs? If you have, if you bring Jamal Adams down, you're bringing him to blitz him, not to cover uh, a tight end. That's he doesn't cover well. He's not a great cover guy. He's more of a a blitzer playmaker uh, in the box. So, you have advantages. And I and and that, oh, it, and again, this game brings me back to that Thursday night game, or not the Thursday night game, a couple years ago when the Rams went up there and they just, it was like, this is how you take over the division. Week right? 15, Todd Gurley. Yes. They didn't clinch oh, the yeah. division. They had to do that Tennessee the next week. But, but it was a statement. It was yeah, like, two, we, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they took the flag. I, I have that feeling. You shut that guy up. Yes. I ha- fan. <laughs> yeah, I have that feeling because they just came back from Buffalo, right? Think about that. The travel. We talk about the travel all the time. Mm. Some of the hardest travel is from anywhere in the east to the northwest. But the other opposite is that anywhere in the northwest, east is going to be tough. So you got to go all the way there, come back, and then come down to LA and play with the Rams on a bye week after losing the way they lost. Like it, it, It's going to be a little bit more, I think. Um, and if they do try to blitz, the difference is the Dolphins have man-to-man corners across the board. These dudes in Seattle aren't covering man-to-man like no that. No doubt. Hey, if Dunbar's on the field, go after him. And I, I feel bad about saying that. Uh, you can tell he's not right, but if you're playing, go after him. Right. Dunbar's you know the mean? corner who the started corner. in place of Shaquille yeah. Griffin. Dunbar played through a sore knee, maybe shouldn't have. They didn't give him enough help, and Buffalo went to work on him. Um, we'll get into more of that in, in our next segment, but I do want to kind of just finish this opening segment, big picture, which is you've all expressed optimism. Right mm-hmm. about where the Rams stand in the second half. I agree with you. I, I come back with a fresh slate thinking, you know what? They're the healthiest team in the league. Their roster is ridiculously talented when you take a step back. And I think they're still one of the best coach teams in, in the league. So why can't they rip off five, six wins in this second half and maybe win the division? That being said, they could play really well and go 0-2 the next two weeks and find themselves at 500. They could no play well and lose to Seattle and Tampa Bay. So what do you think it's going to take in the second half? Like, What are your revised win total expectations from five to what to either win the division or make the expanded postseason well you have to you you, you have to beat the jets and the patriots have to seven the, those, those right that's, there that's they, six they, and seven yeah, get them out um i believe and i i still believe this mcveigh hasn't lost to the arizona cardinals i don't think this year is the year they lose um and i think you need to you have to beat san fran and you have to at least split with seattle okay tampa you could tell caught that you can count that as a win or a loss to me. It doesn't like it happens, right? Mm. So if you go to Tampa and you lose, okay, but you have to do those other things in order to give you. Demarco, an you win this weekend. I know there's still a chance that Arizona could be tied atop the division, but you are in the driver's seat 
I think you're in the driver's seat. You play Arizona well. You haven't seen them yet. But if you can get to the top of this division beating Seattle, Seattle and Arizona go play again on Thursday. So you could be sole first, basically, mm-hmm. by the time you go to Tampa Bay. This is why when Sean McVay said you have to attack your opportunities, this is why I agree with what you said. I mean, you have to go out and you have to beat Seattle first. If you don't win this game, then everything changes for the rest of If you don't of the win year. this game, Seattle is basically yeah. your 2020 NFC West That's champion. That's right. what I mean. So you got to go out and take care of business. And, and I agree. Um, I, I The travel is going to factor in to Seattle. I think the Rams are going to be the fresher team. They're the healthier team. But Russell Wilson coming off a four-turnover game is going to be perfect when he shows up the next time he hits the field. You know how these guys play. Yeah, he showed I – mean, but, yeah. but it, it, you know, again, it reminds me of that time when he was coming off that ankle injury in the Coliseum, remember? And I want to say they, they, they beat the Rams, but they barely beat him. It was the one Cooper Cup should have caught that ball in the end zone. Oh, yeah. The Rams are quite literally two reps away from being 6-0 and under McVay against <laughs> That's what I'm trying Seahawks. to tell you. Like Cut makes that catch. You win that 2017 game. Zerline makes the 44-yarder last year. And you are 12-0 and combined against Seattle and Arizona since you hired this coach. Right. That's a good hire. It's a very good hire. And, 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 so, and that's what yeah. I'm talking about. And Arizona, look, I, does scare me. Yeah, that, they should. That little guy can score from anywhere. Anywhere. Oh, I mean, yeah. he he is he's dynamic, he's dangerous, so this division is is dynamic and dangerous. Let's just hope the Rams are really ready to play and come out ready to play versus Seattle. You said Wilson's coming off a four turnover game. He is uh, the best quarterback in the Super Bowl era following a loss. Thirty two and eight. He's won eighty percent of his games coming off a loss. Jared Goff is also coming off a four turnover performance. We'll start our next segment talking about QB one for Los Angeles, a critical stretch in his career coming off the bye. As Rams All Access continues on seven ten ESPN. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, big stretch for Jared Goff as he gets back into NFC West competition facing his old friend Russell Wilson at SoFi Stadium. Jared's coming off probably the roughest performance uh, since Sean McVay was hired. A four-turnover game and a loss at Miami. It could have been six turnovers, if we're being frank. There were a couple other picks that Miami left on the field. So how do we expect Jared Goff to bounce back? Let's first kind of just give you the metrics, which is the Bears and the Dolphins have put as much pressure on him as he's seen all season and about as much as he's seen during his career. On the other side of this week's equation, Seattle is blitzing more than they ever have, in part because they need to to get to the quarterback. They haven't been generating as much pressure. But do they have the personnel behind it? to play coverage, and what does that all mean for Sean McVay's game plan? No, they, they, Seattle can't cover one man, man for man, and they're having trouble in zone. So this is why when they start talking about Rajon Rondo, and he's the best rebounding point guard in the game, right? <laughs> okay, well, how many layups are you giving away on the other end when you don't get it? Right. So when I hear the best blitzing safety in the National Football League in Jamal Adams, okay, he gets there. He makes plays. But when he's when he's picked up, and they do pick him up, 60% of the time, 70% of the time, there's big plays given up on the other end because you can't hold up. So, yeah, I, I, I think Seattle's going to employ the same game plan they tried versus Buffalo. It worked. Seven sacks. You got to, to Allen. You just couldn't get him on the ground. So those same blitzes against Jarrett, I bet 
have more production. Or- Josh, sorry to interrupt. Josh Allen killed their pressure. Killed their pressure. Beat they said up. they yeah. said we are not handing off. Bring it. Yeah. One, our guy can read it and react to it, and two, he can uh, he can survive first contact because he's so big and strong he's, and mobile. He's two hundred and fifty pounds. So when that pressure comes and Sean McVay and Jared Goff go to the quick game, he's got to be accurate. Yeah. You've got to hit guys in stride and put the ball where it needs to be to make them pay. If not, it's just going to be th- this thing, this momentum that builds up until he starts getting tagged. It, it, it reminds me of uh, back when uh, Tom Cable came to UCLA when I was there, and we were an offense that were we were terrified of the blitz. For some reason, we couldn't. If you blitz us, we just folded, right? Mm-hmm. And Tom was like, "No, we are going to invite the blitz because you know what happens when they blitz. That means there's more more holes on the back end in the running game. We can split them and go. We can do all these different things. And so it beca- it became a mindset. We're going to invite the. We want you to blitz us. Come on, and then. The only game, the, the two games we lost, the two the, those two teams didn't blitz us, Arizona and uh, USC. They didn't blitz us, right? So we didn't know what to do. Everyone else that was blitzing, we were good. And so I think it has to be a mindset with with, with the Rams that, okay, we're going to go empty because we're going to invite the blitz, but we have to have a plan for it. And our plan is X, Y, and Z. And this is where the ball needs to go. And then if it's not there, it's here. And then you just move because when you can operate, when you could think faster and you start inviting the blitz, similar to what the Bills did, the ball was getting out quickly. I mean, he was sliding in the pocket. He was finding guys. getting Guys were getting open because they can't cover on the back end. If you have a defense like that that has to blitz and you invite that, you can score 60 points against them. you got to pick it up. See, I think this is the perfect game. To come off the bye after where you were in Miami for lots of reasons. But among them, you just threw it, what, 60-plus times? Right. And so the fan base is screaming, will you please lean on the most efficient running game in the National Football League? However, Seattle is tantalizing you with the fact that they are giving up a historic amount of passing yards and points. And so, yeah, you, you could just take it head on. Like, to, to continue the analogy, I think this is very much like skiing moguls. I don't know how much you guys ski. But if you keep your hills down ski, downhill and you get aggressive on those moguls, you can navigate it. If you get scared and start mm. going side to side, it's going to be a long afternoon for you on the slopes. <laughs> no question. And so there's an element of that where you have to kind of confront your worst fears and what you don't do well, and you have to hope that they play cover zero and they bring it. But I, I also wonder if there isn't just an element of do you guard against your own worst instincts and not don't be empty because – I think nine out of your 17 worst offensive plays this season have been in empty. Sacks and turnovers. Yeah, so so, so you want to run through it? You can do both. What what I love about this is it's the ultimate test of identity and who they want to be for McVay. Because you could either either say, you know what, I've got an elite defense and I've got a fantastic running game. I don't need to sling it around and go score 35. We we can bring our, our risk tolerance down. Or you could say... And I think this is what he's going to say, knowing him as we do. No, this bring is, it. We are who well, we are. This is why I think this game goes like Atlanta. Uh, it really does. Like the first game of the year, for, uh, Seattle and Atlanta, where Matt Ryan throws for 450 and loses because of what Russell Wilson's doing on the other side. Mm. I think there's a lot of plays to be made versus this defense, no matter how you slice it. If they want to bring pressure, you can beat it. If they want to sit back and try to rush four, they can't get to you. Right. Whenever I see a defensive line, the first snap of the game or the first obvious passing down and all four guys run games, they're telling you that we don't have pass. We can't oh, win against you. We, 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 we need to game to get there. So I think that Jared Goff, this offense, has a great performance, a great game, whatever game plan you want to use with it. 
It's just what happens on the other side is the scary part. It's just fascinating that in a bubble, coming back from Miami, your next game should be we're going to run it 40 times and take, our, and take our chances. And what? then you look at the opposing scanner report and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. This is not, this is not the can, game to run it 40 times. You can times. still do that. Uh, and I think the running when the, when the Rams were running the ball efficiently and they're running well, they were, they were ahead in game. So they were able to stay on schedule, right? You just want to get back to your schedule at the end of the day. If your schedule is we want to be 55, 45 run pass. Yeah. Which back? It, it doesn't matter. Just let's get talk about that. No, let's, let's talk about that here on Rams yeah. All Access Week 10 yeah. edition. Because, I, I mean, it's, run. it's getting to the point where Cam Akers' talent is demanding more opportunities. Daryl Henderson's a little bit banged up. But when you see Cam Akers bust in a critical moment in protection against Miami, you realize why he's not getting the chances because when those turnovers lead to points going the other way, what's the point? Yeah, so, okay, two things. We're going to put him in situations where he doesn't have to scan the whole field and it's off a play-action pass and he has a little bit of help. and We can kind of make it a half-field protection for him, get him running a little bit. That's why you want to run the ball. And then once you feel comfortable enough that he understands the protections and he's getting it right, he's he's passing the tests and the quizzes and all those things, then, yeah, we'll give him opportunity. And if he doesn't make it, we'll bring it back and we'll start back over. You want to run the ball in this game. Two reasons. It allows your offensive line to be physical and go forward, and then you keep the other guy off the field. Yep. Period, minimize, point blank. You minimize minimize your exposure yep. to your defense. You can still score 70 points in a game doing that because you still have opportunity well, on play-action pass now, down the field. This is my only issue trying to run through it. You are putting Jamal Adams front and center, and this is what he does best. This is what he wants to do. I think he and Jalen Ramsey are from the same planet. They play the same style of game. So if it's going to be a run-heavy game – that safety is going to be in the box. He's going to be in the box anyways. When he's on the field, yeah. They bring yeah. him into the box more. They blitz more. But they're actually worse yeah. in terms of yards allowed in point production, which is, I think, kind of what you were dancing around earlier, DeMarco, yeah. in terms of they've they paid this huge price to bring a superstar talent. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I look at these defense and I wonder why it's so bad for them. And I wonder if they aren't due for a great performance. I hope it's not this weekend. You want to know why they're so bad? No crowd noise. <laughs> well, no, not even though. That, that's that, a good that's call. one. But they can literally, they cannot touch the quarterback with four. When they were rolling, they had seven dudes that can rotate and yeah. get to the quarterback. They and don't Dunlap have, doesn't change he's that? He's going to help. Some. He's going to help, he's but, he's not, but he's still yeah. not that guy. And you have to remember, he Whitworth has went against him in, like yeah. multiple times. So that's that's a wash he in this averaged, game. what, seven sacks a year? I mean, yeah. that's 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 a that's a he's a he's a good pass rusher. He's going to help, but he's not, not Michael Bennett. Be. He's no. not Cliff Averill. He's not Bruce Irvin. These guys that consistently got to the quarterback over and over and over again, and that's why they struggle. Because when you want to play, and people, and, and I can break down this defense for everyone real quick. This is all this is is Tampa two defense. This this cover three scheme that Seattle runs. If you think about it, when Warren Sapp and those guys were rolling, they rush four guys. And they got to the quarterback with Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp. That's what made this Tampa 2 defense great. If you look at the Seattle Seahawks, all they've done is just put the safety in the box instead of the, the Mike linebacker running down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. They just have the corners playing the outside and the free safety playing. It's the same style of defense, but you have to have pass rushers. And if you don't have pass rushers, you're just sitting, you're just sitting in zone. And guess what? I got all the time in the world to just dink and dunk all down the field, and that's what teams do. That's why they started blitzing. And that's why McVay and Goff have carved this up for the most part in, in recent history. And then if you start to send extras, if you have to sell out, well, there's a reason why uh, Seattle's giving up more yards to slot exactly. receivers than any other team in the National Football League, and this looks like a very favorable Cooper Cup day. Uh, it, um, Hopefully. 
Be accurate. Yeah, if you're accurate, Cooper yes. Cup should should go to work. Also big days for Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett historically against the Seattle Seahawks. How do you think uh, the Rams will deploy their two tight ends who both should be healthy and ready to roll here in the second half? I, I think that they both should go to work. I, I think this is a – whoever is in the slot should should just go crazy. I don't see there's people that uh, – to be honest, I just think the whole passing game should be there. I, I, the, I want to say the, what was the play that Gerald Everett scored against the Bears where he just lined up out wide, ran a little quick hitch, made a guy miss, and yeah. that should be open all day here. That should be open all day because they're going to be running – especially if you're blitzing, guys are going to be coming from one side of the field to the other. Uh, Tyler Higby should get some play-action pass on some of those boots. I, to be honest, when a team blitzes and you boot, if you boot into the blitz or if you boot away from the blitz, which it is what matter. defenses are doing to right. keep Jared in that pocket, they're blitzing the backside. Right. It should the flat should be wide open, and that's where your tight ends normally are, anyways. It should be Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby in the flat. Hmm. I, I'll make a bold prediction: Jamal Adams gets beat for a touchdown. No maybe, question. Maybe two in this game against a tight end or yeah. against a slot or what? Just um, in general. Funny, Isaac Bruce, we had a great conversation, and he said, remember this, talking about Seattle, talking about Jamal Adams. Safeties lie, safeties lie corners don't. And that's how McVay feels. So if you're going to line up and play a certain coverage as a safety, you better play it discipline or he's going to come after you. Hmm. So Jamal Adams is the type that likes to play games. He, he likes gambles. to gamble. Yeah. So you're going to be put in one-on-one situations with bigger tight ends. You know, off play action. So... My prediction is this week he gets hit maybe once, possibly twice in this game for touchdowns. Wow. Either versus Everett or versus Higby. Still to come on Rams All Access, a look around the division, why so much is at stake in the West and riding on this Sunday afternoon at SoFi Stadium. But coming up next, it's four down territory. Bob Condotta, who covers the Seahawks for the Seattle Times with the latest from the Pacific Northwest. You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. We continue with Rams All Access, and it's time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. We know this opponent well. The Seattle Seahawks are coming to SoFi Stadium for the first of two meetings, and we are pleased to have Bob Condotta, who covers the Hawks uh, for the Seattle Times, joining us. You know, first question is, is of course, about Russell Wilson. And as good as he's been this year, he has always seemingly struggled against the Rams. And this is even going back to the Jeff Fisher days when the Rams, uh, who are not a winning franchise, played the Seahawks well. From your perspective, why do you think that is, Bob? Because it seems like the Rams defensive line always just so dominates the Seahawks offensive line that the entire offense is just bad. And uh, so I I don't usually see it as a Russell thing as much as I do just a, it's always been a terrible matchup. Aaron Donald, I was looking yesterday, he has the most sacks um, against any team in his career against Seattle. It seems like he gets about five every game against Seattle, but uh, it's actually only 12, I think. But, um, you know, it's, I I think it's a combination of, of, of that, but you're right. It's, it's, I remember uh, the Super Bowl year. Um, the year the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, I think they gained 143 yards against the Rams in St. Louis, 80 on one play, the only touchdown they got. Um, and, and the rest of the day was basically three and out and, and all that. And they just um, they just have always struggled. It just seems like the, the Rams' defensive line has always just been a really bad matchup for the Seahawks' offensive line, and there's always a ton of sacks in those games, it seems like. And they don't run the ball well, and uh, it's always just kind of a, a really ugly game that way for, the, for Seattle. How about in terms of who runs it this week? I know there's still some question marks about you know the likes of Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson. If you had to take your best guess, I know it's still early in the week for this. Who do you think is in the backfield for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks this weekend? Um, 
That's a great question. I, I wish I could give you a definitive answer. Uh, it's when, when Carson, both both Carson and Hyde got hurt in the game against Arizona on October 25th. Nobody saw Hyde get hurt, so nobody even knew until until that, he, he finished the game and all that. Chris got hurt, um, you know, mid, midway through the game, and we saw that initially they talked about Chris playing the following week, and then he didn't. And then last week, they basically there was just kind of from uh, early in the week, it was uh, kind of indicated that he probably wasn't going to make it. Um, so I, I don't know if his injury was a, was a little bit worse than they thought it was going to be, or than, than the initial indication seemed to think, or what. Um, I, you know, they 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 uh, brought back Alex Collins last week and played him a little bit. They re-signed uh, Bo Scarborough to their practice squad this week, so they've got some added depth there, so they can be a little bit patient with it if they want. Um, you know, the only definitive thing we sort of heard is that if one of the two is going to play, it'll be Carson because he's a little bit further ahead than than it sounds like Carlos Hyde is. So, uh, you know, my 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 hunch would be, I guess, that uh, you know maybe you'll see Carson out there and you won't see Hyde. All right, we're glad to have Bob Condotta, who covers the Seahawks for the Seattle Times, with us for a four-down territory. Let's flip to the defense, and I know the numbers are historically bad. I get it, and they're banged up. But when I look at the Seahawks, and maybe it's just because the personnel is too familiar for me, it's hard to believe that a Bobby Wagner defense with some of the pieces they've added uh, this offseason and even at the trade deadline can be this bad. Is it fool's gold to think that the Rams are just going to put up 30, 35 points on this defense? Well, everybody has been, so you're right. It's really perplexing. Um, the, the one thing you can explain it is that a lot of those guys haven't been out there. Wagner has. Uh, Wagner's been healthy, has played every game. But, you know, they just they just traded for Carlos Dunlap, so he's played one game. Jamal Adams has only played four. Um, Quentin Dunbar, who they really had high hopes for, has just from the start uh, struggled with a knee injury. He, he really had no training camp, and, um, they, you know, from – from the first game, they've had to limit his snaps and things like that. Shaquille Griffin's been out the last couple of weeks, so sort of the hope that the, the secondary was was because of some of the additions and things like that was going to be far better than it had been the past couple of years um, has just not been allowed to happen in part because those guys haven't been out there. Um, and then you know, same as sort of two on the defensive line, where uh, you know the, the, the Bruce Irvin and Benson Mayoa, where they're two big free agent signees, and, and Mayoa hasn't played it for a few weeks, and Irvin got hurt. And, second game of the year and is out for the season and Rasheen Green led the team at sack last year has only played two games so they've had a, they've had a lot of issues like that with injuries that, that helped explain it but even at that it's it's you know it's it's been a lot worse than, than people thought it would be and um, you know Wagner's played really well he was named to the pro football focus all pro team this week at uh, midseason all pro team and you know they're saying grading him is still the best middle linebacker in the NFL and KJ Wright has played well at the other at the other spot although he got hurt last week and I don't know for sure if he's going to play against the Rams but you know a lot of the rest of it just just hasn't come together they've had, they basically had to, had to throw out a completely different uh, you know defensive starting 11 each week because of the injuries and and uh, just hasn't been that continuity and all that there all right fourth and final question bob on four down territory and it's a little bit bigger picture um, but it has to do with the week ahead and between this trip to los angeles and then a thursday night football contest against arizona Look, if Seattle plays well, they can pretty much clinch the division. How realistic a scenario do you think it is to go 2-0 and in these five days upcoming to put the West out of reach? Well, you're right, because their schedule really softens after after next Thursday. They, and yeah, they, even as it is, they have the easiest schedule in the NFL in terms of remaining opponent one-loss percentage. Um, I think it's I think it's 39.7% winning percentage, and that includes you know the two games against the Rams and um, and the one against Arizona, which is the only two games they have left against teams that currently have winning records. So even if they just win one of them, you know the way the schedule breaks, uh, you know you just sort of think they're probably in pretty good shape here. But you're you're totally right. If they win both of them, 
few losses to the Rams and Cardinals along the way. They'd have at least a two-game lead on each of them in that scenario, and then they have um, you know a stretch of games against basically the entire NFC East, uh, all the bad teams in the NFC East plus the Jets in in the in the four games after that, um, where they could probably take a take such an insurmountable lead that the last two games of the year against the Rams and 49ers wouldn't really matter in terms of the division. I'm sure they will in terms of the conference, so they'll they'll keep needing to keep playing. But um, but but in terms of the division, yeah, I think there's I you know I think that's definitely how they're looking at it is uh, you know if you can, especially if you can win the Rams game obviously and then you come home um, and, get, and get the Arizona game you know that's really the the scenario they're hoping for and uh, uh, you know if they do that and they're eight two at that point going into those next four games I would agree that I think at that point it would be really hard for them not to win the division Bob we appreciate your perspective and thank you for taking uh, some time out of your Thursday to join us sure anytime you guys all right, once again, Bob Condotta from the Seattle Times. Now, this week on the Rams Reveal podcast, I had a chance to catch up with outside linebacker Justin Hollins, who the uh, Rams brought in from Denver to pair with Brandon Staley, claimed him off waivers. He's actually the highest-graded edge on the Rams roster at the midway point of the season. Uh, but we started talking about the Seahawks and uh, how everyone across the football universe saw DK Metcalf, Hawk Budabaker. Go ahead. You said he's the highest-graded edge, even over Floyd? Yeah. How? How is that possible? <laughs> I'm just telling you. How is that possible that he grades out better than Floyd? Pro Football Focus likes him. They like what he brings. Fewer reps. Okay, I am dying to see the inside of that building. <laughs> I, I, I need to know how you guys are grading. That's all. I, I'm sorry. I just go ahead, move on. That's okay. <laughs> right. Uh, anyways, you all saw DK track yeah. down Buda Baker. Anyone who pays attention to football saw that on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago. So I asked Justin, if you are fortunate or any of your teammates to pick off Russell Wilson this week, how are you going to avoid that four three speed? All right. So here's a hypothetical, Justin. If I told you that this Sunday your defense is going to have a chance to get a pick six off of Russell Wilson. Which teammate would you want in that exact same situation trying to outrun Metcalf 98 yards for the touchdown? Honestly, it, anybody could get it because we're we going to block him. That's going to be the first guy we're going to block. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as the ball is caught on our side, we intercept it, and we're running, everybody better be looking for DK Metcalf because we're not letting that happen to us. We need them seven points. <laughs> Well, Metcalf has certainly taken the league by storm, uh, not just making tackles, but uh, as a vertical threat. And we talked about the matchup a little bit with Jalen Ramsey. You could argue it's the best one-on-one deal in the entire slate of games this weekend. I, 100%. It's marquee. You know, and I, I don't think one gets the better of the other. I think this is going to be an old-fashioned slugfest. He's going to make plays. Jalen's going to make plays. You know, I, I, this is, like you said, and, and you know, I hope that, the Rams let him travel with DK. No question. Th- th- this is your matchup. This is your guy, and take him away. Now the other problem is who's going to lock down Lockett on the other side. Well, you get the safety help on Troy Hill. Like I-, I think that's what you want to do, or-, or Darius Williams and some safety help. I- this-, this is this is how I believe the the game of football should be coached and 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 set up. All right, who is their best player? Our best player has to be better than their best player. That's how we're going to win. So guess what? If I'm a coach, McVeigh, the first man, hey, Jalen Ramsey, we brought you here. You can't if, – if DK Metcalf goes off, we lose. That is your job, period. Point blank. That's how we started off, right then there. It reminds me of Amari Cooper and the Cowboys, yeah. how that looked week one, and Amari got some. You got some, but he, um, didn't, he didn't beat him like that. You know, He got a couple you, catches. Who would you take, Amari or DK Metcalf? Oh, DK Metcalf all day. That's, that's what I mean. I mean. This is the beginning of something – 
different. But special, I w- but, this, but but how the, fast was he running when he caught Buddha? He was running fast. Twenty four miles an hour. But this is the I thing, mean, though. Come on, dude, that's ridiculous. Can I, and can it's I, huge. But I have to say this though: Why do people let him run down the? He okay? If I'm a DB, I'm just going to stay up to, on top and let you catch hitches. We're just going to tackle you. Just keep tackling you. And I know that's a, it's a tough task. He's a big dude, but. But that's kind of how Brandon Staley coaches it. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's what the Cardinals did. That's principally how they like to. People be. forget that face. DK Metcalf. No, they just stayed backed off, and made let him run a little, play deep to short, the rally smart, up tackle. The smart thing is not just don't let him get behind you. But that, so that's yeah, ten, ten, twelve, like how they used to treat Larry Fitzgerald when he was actually still fast. Right. Keep everything in front. Come up and make tackles. He finished the game with twelve targets, twelve catches. That's Under fine. 100 make no him, touch, and no touchdowns. Make right. him snap it again because you know Aaron Donald's going to get there eventually. Absolutely. But if he gets behind you, forget it. Well, And that's what I'm saying. So if you look at what the Arizona Cardinals did to DK Metcalf, he didn't have a big game. He didn't do much. It was Tyler Lockett who they thought, Patrick Peter, look, we're going to lock you up on, on Lockett, and then we're going to double Metcalf. And Metcalf did nothing. That so. didn't work out on Lockett, by the way. No, it didn't. Uh, it's, it's, so that's what I'm saying. You have a guy. Look, we want you – if he, and especially as, as physical as Jalen is, it matches up. It's a great matchup for him because DK Metcalf is not used to getting hit in the mouth like the way Jalen's been hitting these dudes. He's not used to that. Guys take his legs out. They let him run out of bounds. Imagine if you play deep to short and you come up and he hits him a couple times. And we all know the equalizer in football is physicality. Dudes, like guys, I see guys going across the middle right now, and I still eek because I remember going across the middle early in my career and getting my head taken off. And then so guys just freely go across the middle now. But if you can lay hits on him, you get the hat on him, all of a sudden he's not running down the field dancing as much. He's not running as fast as he was. Speaking of safety help and speaking of taking care of the deep middle, some help in that regard this week for the Los Angeles Rams if they are able to get Fuller back. As is expected, he's been out since taking uh, another stinger at the end of that Washington game. And I wonder if this isn't the moment where we start to see some of the three safety leverage that we all anticipated. Because Rapp's playing well. If Fuller's back, you got John Johnson. And the, and the Seahawks do have capable tight ends, and they use a lot of them. But you can start to remove, I think, some of your weakness in coverage at the linebacker level and replace it with your strength of your team, which is your safety. Who's going in the box? I put Rapp. Rapp. Rap in the box? I think I think yeah. you'll start to see, yeah, I think you'll start to see Rap replace linebackers. And this, that's my guess. That's my I hunch. Would. And that's actually one of the matchups I wanted to talk about. It's not actually players. It's actually the coordinators going at it. Um, Shoddy in Seattle versus Staley, because when you start talking about head coaching vacancies, oh my goodness, their names are going to come up. So mm. that matchup's going to be fun. So it's a chess match when he goes twelve. When they put two tights. You know, do you match up with linebackers or do you roll in that third safety? And when they do see that third safety, do they change their game plan and try to run it? Because, you know, Rap's a good tackler, but, I mean, getting He's, off blocks yeah. is a whole different deal. I wish they would, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's you, what you, you want you've, already, you've already won if they right. if they do yeah. turn and hand it off, because I don't know if they're going to have Carson. And, honestly, that's a better alternative to me. Well, and Hyde's, Hyde's, Hyde's uh, out. out. But, the but, kid they have running is not bad. Yeah, no, 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 DJ, DJ Dallas, Dallas is good. But yeah. I'm saying I'll tackle that all day as opposed right. to the other. So this is the thing, and, and I think it, it, it comes full circle. Remember early in the year where uh, John Johnson III said, you know, Brandon Staley was part of the Chicago defense and this Denver defense, and we have better players. Yep. This is your opportunity prove to it, show, yeah. to prove how good you're going to be because you're going against one of the most explosive offenses, one of the probably the best quarterback receiver duo in the game today, right? With just off of what they're doing, like you said, he's, he's on pace for 1,800 yards or whatever it may be. 
Um, He's got 800 after eight. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a time for you to show up and see, like, yeah. are you guys what you want to be? Is this, you know, can the back end hold up? Because if you can, and and I and for some reason I just have this, I just woke up with this feeling like that this is going to be a good matchup for the Rams secondary. If you can, all of a sudden now there's no there's not many other teams that are going to scare you. Yeah. This is what I would say if you're Aubrey Pleasant, the cornerback coach. If if my corners tackle Russell Wilson, you're coming off the field. I don't care what he does. Right. You stay with those receivers. Keep your eyes and your positioning on them because he's going to scramble and buy time. So if he has 100 yards rushing, great. That's the front's problem. You stay with these receivers. Lock up and stay. We'll get to that front in just a moment, but also don't forget about David Moore, who's mm. a pretty great number three, and he's had some wins against the Rams' defense. So don't lose sight of him uh, behind DK and also Lockett. All right, up front, there's an issue for the Seahawks popping up in practice this week as their center, Ethan Posick, uh, apparently dealing with a concussion. Still not a lot of details on when that happened or what his status might be for the weekend. Uh, but now you get a chance to add Ashawn Robinson to the front, and this is how they drew it up this offseason. And I want to know, like, what does it mean in terms of rotation? Because Seabass and Greg Gaines have actually done well of late. And then also, what does it mean for Aaron Donald? Because I think I have a feeling that you're going to need Aaron's edge rush to get home, even though Maurice is going to say that you, it takes away what he does best. I just have a sense if Ashawn can patrol that middle, you're going to start to see Aaron get wider. You mean in, in pass rush? Yes. Uh, I, I see Ashawn covering the A and Aaron playing three, five, six, nine, wherever he wants to play. And um, their center is weird because he finished the game last week and then he comes up this week on concussion right. pr- protocol. Which so, their injury list is basically half their roster, by the yeah, way. They yeah. disclose Strange. everything. So I'm not so, I'm not saying how severe it is. I'm not sure. But. So if you do have a backup center, if you can't play and you have a backup center, then you want to play Where's Waldo with Aaron. Right. Oh. Because it makes you change protections. You have to call that stuff out and it tests your communication. But with Ashawn in the game, I, I think he, at the very least, could be a mush-rush guy like Brockers. Yeah. Push the pocket to Russell Wilson, make him throw out oh. a hole. That's right? what he does. Right. Absolutely. So, and I think he'll, I think he'll be better than what Gaines has given you, and he's given you some great reps, and and better at what Seabass has given you. I mean, this is Ashawn Robinson. I mean, he's a big monster type guy. So, a mush rush with a freelance guy like Aaron, like uh, Aaron Donald versus Russell Wilson is a recipe for how to make him have a tough day. Easing him into the waters, wouldn't you suspect? Though a guy who hasn't played. A competitive town. Turn him yeah. loose, man. Yeah, you, 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 but you I, have, I don't you know what enough, pitch count he's going to be have on. Enough I guess. depth to rotate. Right. When he gets tired, you pull him out. But I, I say this, like, and I know you people like like you're put Aaron on on Dwayne Brown. I wouldn't Absolutely. do that. I would put I would put the rookie out there and well, and and let him go to work, and then let the other three or four guys have to go with the rest well, of the offensive linemen. Okay, so when you look at Seattle's O line, who's been playing really well? That's why Russell Wilson has been Russell Wilson right. this year, but. Where's the one place that's guaranteed to be a, a one-on-one? It's with Dwayne Brown. Right. They don't give him help. He's no. the best in the business. I'd put 99 over there. You can't help him. You won't help him. They will help him then. I guarantee if, they'll help okay, him. Well, guaranteed. If, if Dwayne Brown gets help, then you've already won. If Dwayne Brown is getting help, oh, he's going, then, then you've won. From an offensive, pop a center out or I'm, slide the guard. Okay, so to I'm going to him. So I'm going to tell you. Yeah. When I was with the Raiders and we played the Rams, all right, we knew. That Robert Quinn, we knew what kind of rusher was. He's around the edge guy, but they were like, wherever ninety nine goes, you have to help. It didn't matter who. We had Donald Penn, who was one of the best left tackles. If if literally the protection, the protection changed wherever Aaron went. They were like, look, yeah. Maurice, 
if he's over here, you got to make sure you chip him, right? Like all these different. And I'm like, he can't, he's not that good, man. Like, like relax. <laughs> but after one of the plays, uh, I want to say Donald Penn looked at me. He was like, hey, bro, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> come, come on over here. Like, like, I need some of this help. I need, anybody, and, and we yeah. didn't help him at all. We never helped Donald. Anybody else on Brown, you're just wasting a rush. I, I don't see anybody else beating him. You know, you talking about Brown made yeah. me think of an exchange I had with a friend this week who loves Van Jefferson and was like, man, years from now, the Rams are going to be thanking Bill O'Brien for sending them that pick so that they can go and get Van Jefferson. And my response was, well, yeah, while I agree with that, this is the same guy in Bill O'Brien who gave Dwayne Brown to the Seahawks and Nuke to the Cardinals. So oh, I'm not even God. sure net net that that's a, that, that's a win. Well, how, how about... I know They're going to be cursing him for many years to come. I, I know we're not like... As soon as he leaves, Brandon Cook starts going off. <laughs> It's just crazy. To oh, like, he's having yeah. a good year, and so is Todd, and, yeah. and more power to them. Uh, still to come, and to finish off this edition of Rams All Access, the NFC is wide open. Seven playoff spots available this year. New Orleans, Seattle, Green Bay, the only two lost teams. Can the Rams seize control of the West and start to climb these standings? We'll talk about it after this on 710 ESPN. Can't wait to be back at SoFi Stadium, five of the final eight in Inglewood. We wrap up this edition, week 10, Rams All Access to Marco Farr, Maurice Jones-Rude, J.B. Long. Rams are in good tiebreaker shape. Uh, only one conference loss, one division loss. They're in good standing within the division and the conference. The only team within two of L.A. in the playoff picture this week, Chicago, who L.A. has beaten mm-hmm. head-to-head. Take a look at the games in the NFC this week that matter. Tampa Bay at Carolina. The Bucks got the brakes beaten off of them against New Orleans at home. Uh, Jags at Green Bay. It looks like the Packers are going to 7-2. and two. Bills at Arizona, of course, one to keep an eye on. 49ers at the Saints. Wow, that's a good result either way for the Rams because either the Saints get knocked down a peg, take their third loss, or the 49ers are done. Are done. Um, that would be a sixth loss for them. And then on Monday night, Vikings and Bears. Vikings 3-5, and five, Bears 5-4. and four. That kind of feels like a bubble elimination game as well in the, in the NFC North. All that to say, you win at SoFi on Sunday. I think you're going to like how the picture plays out for you in terms of the playoff standings. No, I think you will, but it... it uh, we we've talked about it this whole this whole show is your matchups have to show up the guys that you want if it's Aaron Donald on on Dwayne Brown he has to win um, if it's you know Jalen Ramsey and DK Metcalf you have to win offensively these receivers you have to be open all the time there there is no you should not get locked up there should be no coverage when you watch the tape of the, of the Seahawks back in guys are always running free so you have to do that and and, and you got to get back to running the ball and keeps getting back to being balanced. Give DeMarco the final thought in just a second, but I do want to mention the kicking game, which frankly has to be better for the Rams to get to where they want to go. They cannot continue to miss uh, field goals and extra points and expect to beat the likes of Seattle and Tampa Bay consistently. DeMarco? Get Wilson on the ground. That's it. (laughs) That's the game. That's always been the game plan. Uh, Getting pressure on him is not the problem. It's making him hold the football or render him moot on certain plays, and it's been tougher than, than advertised. So, uh, to me, the game plan is if you stop him, you win this football game. Hmm. Chance to get the 4-0, stay undefeated at SoFi Stadium. Can't wait to be with you starting early afternoon from Inglewood. For DeMarco, for Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm J.B. Long. This has been Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.